0: The bell has rung. Welcome to another edition of In Ring Reality. Yeah, that's right. I'm back. I'm Josh Rzazskis. I'm back as your host of this show. Before I get in to today's show, I wanted to explain to you that thanks to a cloud-based software called Streamyard, that's why we're back, and we're also going to be simulcastingly broadcasting on the In Ring Reality YouTube channel as well as my Joshua Jostius YT Facebook page. And Jamie Love Staker is a dear old friend of mine, a huge wrestling fan, and one of my permanent co-hosts. And I'm also going to be bringing in other co-hosts. So I kind of forgot to mention that for you audio-only people. So I wanted to quickly do that so that when you hear the intro, to this show you're not quite so jarred as to okay where were they broadcasting at and who is this girl co-hosting with josh jamie loves taker her is here how are you
1: hi I'm good good I'm tired of being home I'm tired of being in class online than- yes
0: well who isn't right
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um but for those of you that don't know this is, like I said, the return of in-ring reality. I used to do the show on a podcast form, which the audio from this will be ripped and put onto the podcast feed. So if you still like listening to podcast feed, it'll be there when we're done. I tried to do this as a YouTube channel, and then my computer just wasn't working for uploading. But now, thanks to StreamYard, we can make all the videos we want, and I can have guests with no problem. So I'm very, very happy about that because it's always awesome to sit and talk to you. We're going to be talking to Justin Harvey, probably some down the road. And who knows who we're going to have on the show. So with all that being said, news came out today. Now, I say news with a grain of salt because this is from wrestling websites. And because we're not in WWE, we don't know for sure what's going on. But reportedly, Vince McMahon is determined to have all the shows return to a live schedule and some wrestlers are unhappy. And the reason that they can reportedly get away with this is because they are considered to be essential media. Now, what makes this news with a grain of salt is that the governor has said, the Florida governor has pretty much said no. He said if WWE goes live and doesn't pre-tape, that he will shut them down. But the other problem that they are probably having is that there is a thing with their contracts with Universal, NBC, Universal, and Fox that says they can only do so many pre-taped shows per, you know, time frame. So this is a really interesting story. So without actually knowing if this is true or not, Jamie, what are your thoughts on all this, and what do you think WWE should do?
1: Well, for well, for everybody, pretty much to shut down only only essential businesses, you know, like medical, police, you know, grocery stores, and certain essential medias are allowed to be on, you know, going. Um, I don't know where they live or or what certain governments or states go by because every state is different, so. Um, I have no idea there's a mandatory stay at home, but that's not, that's only for people who don't have essential jobs. Um, I don't know how WWE really is going around that because they're considered essential. Maybe they talk to them, maybe because of who they are. That's why they're able to get away with it, but they are taking precautions. You know, they're not just letting anybody in. if you notice on the shows, most of the wrestlers are NXT wrestlers. Don't they have, like, a hotel nearby, so people are not coming in and out? Anymore? Yes, they yes,
0: they ran out an entire hotel for the talent that's being used.
1: And they're taking lots of precautions. No one's even wrestling in the same ring. They're cleaning, bleaching. No one can have a fever. I mean, if you sneeze, you're not even allowed in. People have to wear masks and gloves constantly. So I think that's wonderful that they're doing that. Um, I mean, they themselves, the governor didn't say, hey, WWE, we're going to shut you down but we can only assume that um, anything that's not considered essential or at some point they might tell WWE or whoever's still running to shut down.
0: Right. Um, that's what I meant. If I wasn't clear about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know what to think because we don't really know what's going on. They themselves probably have no idea either. Um, I, I think that I, I would like them to film – which I'm not I, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're doing. We really don't know. Like you were saying, we can't really believe anything that the websites are saying. We don't know. We don't know what the wrestlers are feeling. We don't know what we don't know what, what anyone's feeling. We can only speculate. I assume like everyone else, people aren't happy. I mean, I'm we're all you and me aren't happy having to sit here. And they're they probably likely don't know either. They don't know what they're doing tomorrow. How can they really say what they're gonna do? next the end of this month in may june whatever so i think that they should pre-record as much as much as possible and the stuff that they have to do live it should be people who are in the surrounding areas because if someone's from ireland they can't drive here and they can't go on the plane so maybe if someone's in the next town or the next state they can drive in because you are isolated when you're in your own car not so much when you're, you know, at airports and stuff. So maybe they can do stuff like that. Maybe more promos. Maybe more, like, you know that pro, uh, promo taker cut the Raw before WrestleMania? Like, he probably filmed. They probably didn't even film at the Performance Center. They have obviously filmed in some, like, studio thing where they probably were isolated.
0: Right, he actually... It's-
1: Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, And I was I was just saying, like, I think they should do more of that as much possible not having to travel so much and go into the performance center, but pretty much the performance center is on their own little quarantine. So, you know, everyone who has been exposed to each other have already been together and not in places where it's there's really that. I mean, corona's everywhere, but you know what I mean? That we're not really in contact. So I hope that they film as much as possible when possible and when they have to do it live it's just not people that are so far away um as for being mandatory not that I think it's cool or great but I think it's kind of like how big WWE really still is and I mean like like all those other companies UFC other wrestling companies um who else any any sport you can think of doesn't have that luxury, so um, I, I would love to s- still see them go keep going. But I also want the wrestlers to be safe, and I and also um, every they're in the same boat. You know, nobody knows what to do. I'm sure right now they're probably deciding what they're going to do tomorrow. They can't really say what they're going to do next week, so we don't really know. They don't know. As for how the wrestlers feel, I'm sure they feel like we all do that this simply sucks and this is the way it has to be until things can go back to quote-unquote normal I'm sure that they're not happy I don't think they're like pissed because I'm sure they want to perform and stuff and they're probably not exactly I think they're just not thrilled with just the overall situation which is totally understandable nobody is Um, but I think that if people can still work they should if they can safely because um, WWE, you really can't stop though. Like with the whole contract thing. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but with the whole contract thing, how do you like? I, I don't. I don't know how that works. But I um, lay likely nobody knows anything.
0: So yes. Well, the only thing that I will say is if that contract situation is accurate about only being allowed to do so many tape shows at a time i think nbc universal and fox aren't dummies i think they'd be more than willing to like loosen that or change that because we're in the middle of a global pandemic that nobody could have predicted it's not like they're gonna pull wwe off the air for not being live programming i mean that doesn't make any sense at all no
1: i think i think that they'll probably like everything else right now is going to give it's they're going to be lenient, you know, like there are places that are suspending pay for things or, or like for things like student loans, you don't have, there's not going to be any of that until the end of September, who knows they might extend that as well. Cause when everything is over, you know, how do you get a job that quick? So exactly. So, so I think that, um, we'll just, we'll really just have to see. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They likely don't know either. I I think that the companies will probably be more lenient. Although they should try when possible to record lots of stuff. Maybe they should just, maybe, I don't know. Maybe like the, I don't know. I don't know what to say because I'm not in this situation. And like, I don't even, we, I don't even know as a family what we're going to do tomorrow, let alone like, Months from now, so imagine an entire company.
0: It yeah, like don't
1: know
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you, and I, I just wanted to know your overall thoughts as a fan. But you know, they're the same as mine. We just all have to wait and see. But I will say one thing: if I do see one person out there judging WWE for whatever they're doing, like don't do that. Don't don't be that person. Oh, because I wanted to
1: add. I wanted to add. You don't know what Vince is feeling. We don't know what they're feeling. I see wrestling fans and you know the dirt sheets trying to stir up drama and stuff. They likely feel what everyone else is feeling, and we are all going through the same stuff. Vince probably is like, "This fucking sucks." You, what do you you really think he wants to put his stars out there and risk them getting this virus and having to have his shows all at the Performance Center? He didn't get WrestleMania. All their live shows that happen every single day somewhere in the world—they're not happening. So he's losing all this money. So I'm sure he would love to, to pre film everything so that there's a show all the time. But you know, these changes are happening so fast, he himself probably can't keep up with it. So I, I hate I hate the drama stuff, which is why you can't give some of these channels um attention. You know. Exactly. So yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. And there's some reporters out there. Dave Meltzer, who yeah. should be ashamed of themselves for the way they're behaving right now as well.
1: Yeah, and like people don't realize like that's how WWE makes their money. I know unfortunately a lot of businesses are going out, but just strictly talking about wrestling, that's how WWE is set apart from everything else. They are alive somewhere every day in the world, and they now they don't have the house shows, and they only only have the uh you know raw SmackDown and NXT. They they didn't have their big WrestleMania this year, you know. There's the whole month, the whole week, the meet and greets, the Hall of Fame, NXT Takeover, the Raw and SmackDown before and after the actual show, like that was all in front of nobody. And you know they have to continue uh, because they can't. It's not like it's not like with with um like it like it's not like they're seasonal. So it's like okay, well you can kind of change your seasonal thing. But even even these million dollar billion dollar sports are declining as well. So, so like it is right. great.
0: I mean, it's I not mean, Dana White had, who's the owner of UFC. For those of you who don't follow UFC, it, they had to go to ESPN, the governor of whatever state it was that they were going to run the next UFC pay per view, and say, have ESPN tell them no, it's not happening. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Every, everything's day by day and, and nobody has any sort of leeway. You know, everybody's just reacting the best they can to everything. All right. So I think add one more thing. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Um I'm trying to figure out what I was gonna say. You were saying and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was gonna say, like, oh, about I was gonna say about what everyone's feeling. Like they I mean, I'm sure the wrestlers are not happy but wrestlers have a choice whether they want to continue or not. Nobody's being forced. So like, don't believe what everybody is saying. Um, We don't know what they're feeling. We have no idea. I'm sure they're not happy. I'm sure, you know, they think this sucks. They, you know, they want to perform in front of people. They want to go out there, but I'm sure they also want to keep safe and they don't want to spread it to people, but they also want to continue the show. So I'm sure it's like a split everything. But um, I think right now, WWE should just record a bunch of stuff as much as possible. And then when things start to go back to normal, you can have it more live every week in front of nobody. You know, because right, Cause these upcoming weeks are going to be really, really bad. I That's what I'm hearing. But some places I think are stable. So hopefully it gets better. But anything you want to add before you move on to your nerves?
0: No, I, but I just I echo everything you're saying. You know, that's that's how I feel as well. So moving on, it came out yesterday that Scott Dash and Dash Wilder, the revival, were released from WWE. This is not a surprise because these two guys haven't been used forever. They've been saying they want to go to AEW, not because they have any ill will toward WWE, just because they're wrestlers who are not being used. So I'm very happy that they finally got released so they can go somewhere where they're going to be used but it's just terrible timing because aew has all their taping done through may they don't even know just like we got done talking with WWE, they're in the same boat they don't know what their future is so they can't hire their revival right now in these circumstances so it's a really bad time for them to be unemployed so i just hope everything works out for them but they are a tremendous tag team. And if you only saw their quote-unquote main roster, on run SmackDown, and you never watch their matches in NXT, you wouldn't know that. That's how poorly they were used. So I have very mixed feelings about this. Like I'm happy and not happy. What is your takeaway from this news?
1: I honestly forgot about them because they're not used, um, which is also why I saw a lot of wrestlers move back to NXT not that Triple H is a saint or anything, or I'm defending him, but he does use his talent over there. And once they get to the main roster, what roster they're not used. um, I mean, if they're not happy, they're grown adults, you know, that's their choice. What company they want to go to, they want to stay in WWE fine. If they want to go to AEW, maybe they don't want to do it all anymore. They just want to have a quote unquote, normal job. Like they are grown adults. So I'm, I'm all for their decision. You know, if they want to go, then go. Uh, also, um, like you are saying, it's a really bad timing because nobody isn't really employed anymore. I think it's like, there's like 6 million Americans, I think, who filed for unemployment. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Um, so I assume the wrestlers, I know some of them, a lot of them are not rich, I mean, but I assume that they're probably better off than the average person. So, I hope that, you know, that for them, they can manage by and be able to, you know, pay for stuff. So, uh, I just think it's just bad timing. But maybe they were planning to leave around this time anyway. I mean, I don't know. I would have stayed out. It's not up to me. And if they're not happy, well, a lot of wrestlers are in the same boat right now. Even the main wrestlers are not being used right now. I mean, they can't because there are other wrestlers. are not allowed to leave their house they can't travel or they're sick or something not not with corona but with like cold or cough or something they say if you have any of that you should stay home i just think it's you know bad timing i at least would stay with something until until it was all over but again nobody is being used and they weren't being used to begin with but at least they were with something for the time being um but you know I support them. If they want to leave, leave. Even if I disagree, it doesn't matter because it's not my, my choice. I'm not working as a wrestler, you know.
0: Yeah. And like we had said, we just hope the best for them, whatever that is. So let's go on and let's talk about what undoubtedly because of Steve Carino or Voldemort or the virus, whatever you want to call it, is undoubtedly the weirdest and most unique WrestleMania of all time. So just before we get into breaking down the card, just because we had problems with the first show the other day, just tell everybody, you know, what were your overall impressions of how they handled the show and how everything went?
1: You know, they you could really, really feel that they really, really, really tried to make it as special as possible. Obviously nothing can replace a a crowd. You cannot have, you know, big sporting events, WWE without an audience because their whole show is an audience, even the shows that are not on TV because a lot of sports only have shows that are on TV. Uh, I mean, minus like college stuff, but, but WWE is always in front of a live audience. So to not have that, it was very strange. And, but overall, for the circumstances that they were in, it was fine. It was good. Um, like I we said before, you know, for those three hours on each day, I forgot about the chaos that was going on. I forgot about any stress that I was having. There was no mention of the coronavirus, no commercials on it because right after SmackDown, there's a commercial about the coronavirus. And I was like, fantastic, can't escape. Um So it was so wonderful to forget for three hours, forget for three hours on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, It was just wonderful experience to just enjoy wrestling. You know, of course it's not ideal, but it was what it had to happen during this time and for safety and uh, overall it was was good. It was good under the circumstances.
0: I agree. I agree, and I think the biggest takeaway for me was what they did to compensate for the lack of a crowd, you know, like leaning in to banter back and forth with each other, hearing the wrestlers, you know, call each other out and psych each other out and things like that during the match, particularly with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and Edge and Randy Orton. And then, of course, we had the cinematic events, which were the Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match. I thought everything was really innovative from that respect.
1: I agree. They really had to get creative and they really, really had to think out what they would normally do because you have the crowd to back you up anyway, even if, you know, like, um, because a crowd is part of storytelling. So like, even if it's a bad match, you still have the crowd to, to, you know, banter. And I know you could tell that they were really, really, really trying and really trying to think outside of the box. which, you know, for uh, Firefly Funhouse and, like, the Boneyard match and stuff, you felt like you were watching a movie. You know, like, I got to watch a movie for 15, 20 minutes. Little mini movie right there. I didn't have to think about anything. I could, I could sit there and eat have eaten popcorn. I mean, I was watching with you and my mom, but, um, and then my whole family the next day, but. I was literally sitting there eating cookies, you know, watching, watching during that. So it's like, it was really special. It
0: it Um, was. And they did, like you said, it just, it was that escapism and it was just, it felt like WrestleMania. Yeah, it really was. (laughs) And it felt like WrestleMania as well as it could. You know, we said it beforehand. We don't know if this is going to feel like a WrestleMania because it's so different. But I think it did. I think I think they I think it pulled did. it off really well.
1: I think leading up to it, it didn't feel like... I mean, it never feels like WrestleMania is right around the corner. But like like I was saying to Raz, we've had this conversation before. You know, I mean, of course, I'm always excited to go to wrestling or to, you know, at the big shows or always looking forward to wrestling, even if it's not going to be a good episode of anything, you know. There's always wrestling to look forward to at the end of the day. Um, you know, to give you, and and also it was to give us a bit of normalcy. But leading up to Mania, it really didn't feel like it, and I wasn't pumped. Not because, not because it wasn't a good show. That card was stacked. I mean, stacked. Imagine that card in front of an audience. That would have been killer.
0: Oh not yeah, absolutely, it, right? absolutely.
1: But, but leading up, I because of everything that was going on, I didn't feel like amped up or motivated, but then as it kind of started to get closer, I got more excited because that was something to look forward to. And we didn't have to think about corona or whatever. Um and then you know AJ's live stream, he got us more amped up. And then I was really excited because we didn't know what to we this mania was so unpredictable because there's no leaks and you literally didn't know what to expect. It was that that got me excited and then I started to get a little bit excited leading up. So so
0: yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna off of what you're saying. It was incredibly unpredictable. You know that I'm with the wrestle talk guys in our wrestle league little fun thing we do where we predict every pay-per-view. That was my worst score of the year because that's that's how unpredictable that card was. Like nobody knew what was going to happen. And that's a good thing. That that's a good thing for wrestling to be unpredictable.
1: That so, that positive aspect of it—you didn't know what was going to happen, you know. And yeah, the most different mania of all time. Where this is going to—we are part of history right now. So I look at it that in a more positive, like like when we look back ten years from now, five years from now, that's going to be the most different mania. Uh, imagine what we're telling our kids, like, oh, WrestleMania 36 about you know what was going on. We had a WrestleMania during a pandemic. Or, you know, when you look back with your, you look back at other manias, you're like, oh, we're going to be talking about, I'm sure when a certain mania happened back then, you're like, oh, we're going to be talking about this for a long time. Or what about the classic act here? We're going to be talking about this mania for a while, especially like the Boneyard match that was a part of it and some of the other matches, you know?
0: Yeah. And even the matches that weren't, you know, something you were looking forward to. We say this every year about a pay per view, pretty much every pay per view. But this pay-per-view in particular, because of what is happening, everyone really, to me, raised their game up to a level I've never seen before Yeah. during this entire show.
1: Can you imagine how we're complaining, you know? But can you imagine? They say it constantly. Taker said it on the his live stream with Nine Line clothing, apparel, I think that's what it's called. Yes, and yes. AJ said it. We feed off of you guys. We feed gauge your what you're feeling and that's how we keep going on in the matches we read what you guys are feeling and that's how we do our matches so it's very hard to cut promos and to do all this without an audience so they really really tried and they had to do it without a crowd so it was probably really hard and really weird for them as well and um taker was like you know i've only really had to do like a little segment or a promo and even then it was really hard to to like what you should say or if you should keep going or should stop because there's no audience. Because if people keep, are screaming and cheering, you know how to gauge yourself and talk and, and you just know how to go about things. I mean, AJ said it as well on his live stream. Like res, all the wrestlers said the same, are saying the same thing. Like the reason why we do what we do and why there's these audience because we read the audience. For our matches and stuff so they a lot of the times ta- there are times where whatever was planned was changed because of the audience so you know just imagine how hard it is for them you should just be grateful that they're out there period yes it's weird without a crowd but i mean it's our normalcy right now that's the only thing we still have that's normal they take that away I don't know what
0: I'm going to do with myself. I really don't. I I agree. I mean, we marathoned a show that we've been planning to watch for years and finally got it done because we had nothing else to do. So I, I, I completely concur with that. So let's go ahead and let's break down night one of WrestleMania. But actually, now that I said night one out loud, I forgot to ask you that question. What was your... Takeaway from them splitting the show into two nights? Did you like that? Did you not like it? Do you think they should do it going forward if they can? What was your takeaway? I
1: really liked that because last Mania, it was pre- it pretty much was two days. It pretty much was a, it was pretty much forty eight hours. I'm not even kidding you. If that's what it felt like, not that it wasn't, not that, not that there wasn't great matches or anything, but mania gets draggy and as great as some of the matches are um it gets draggy when it's too long like last year it was a full it, it was what like eight hours that's like a full work day you literally were watching a. it was a lot so I like splitting it up because everybody gets to be on the main event no one's on the pre-show um I liked how they had their pre-show show this time they just discuss stuff i would sit there and listen i love listening to people talk about stuff
0: oh yeah i mean reacting we, to stuff yeah, you we, know we said it's part of phenomenal family or on instagram live like every day it's fascinating listening to them talk so yeah
1: yeah it's really really fun to listen to even the commentators just talk and or or they invite other wrestlers you know to chat about the situation not the situation like as in corona but you know, the match and stuff. So I really like that as a pre-show because it didn't take away any of the matches. It didn't, like, devaluate the match. Because some of the matches is kind of, like, it devia- uh makes the wrestlers kind of like, oh, you get the pre-show. You're not good enough to be on the main main show. So nobody was left out of that. They had a talking. That's what a pre-show should be like, just talking and stuff. And then everybody got to be on the card. Well, You know what I mean? Under the circumstances, everybody who who was in a match, no one has to be on a free show. So I really like splitting it up. You weren't oversaturated with stuff. Three hours went by so fast. I didn't feel like tired or like, oh my gosh, we still have five hours to go. Uh, I like splitting it up. I really, really liked it. It should be like this every year. That way you're not like oversaturated with stuff. And that way, you know, you can enjoy every moment of it and not feel like, you know, you're watching a whole workday. Because last year, what, it ended at almost 2 in the morning. That was like UK time, four, 5 in the morning. So I really like that a lot. I liked it a lot.
0: Yes, I, I, I did too. And I don't see any reason why. Because if you can get in your city all week, Because your city's going to want you there all week for financial purposes anyway.
1: They are there all week.
0: Yeah, so why why not do TakeOver on Wednesday instead of a normal NXT show? Do the Hall of Fame on Thursday and do um, Friday for Friday Night SmackDown and then have WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. It makes perfect sense to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not, things are not all cluttered and everything. You can space things out and, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Also, um, obviously when this whole thing is over, you know, obviously next year's WrestleMania, if they split it up like that, you can have it go a little bit longer, you know, even if they make it three, four hours, because that's a normal pay-per-view time anyway. And you can have the bigger matches, you know what I mean? Like the, how they have like the what Andre the Giant. Memorial thing you can have those matches Now uh, obviously not Now during these times you can't really have More than even three people in a match So they could do more of Those types of matches they probably Are going to obviously add in Certain matches again and You know the tag team Uh But Well I do think that they should Split it up
0: I yes like, Yeah I there's I Not much else.
1: else but continue Raz
0: um, there's not much else that I can add To what Jamie said there You know, I, I concur With everything she said And so Let's now move on To breaking down the card Match by match Some matches will have more to say than others But I think it's important Because it's WrestleMania Or any pay-per-view for that matter Just to give the talent their time uh, Night one kicked off with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match between the Kabuki Warriors and our new tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, Bliss Cross Applesauce. I like this match. I liked it a lot. I thought the banter between all four ladies, you know, them messing with each other and and the way that they they went about it. I enjoyed this. It wasn't very long, but I thought it was a good, solid opening match and i'm happy for alexa and nikki because they deserve to have a push
1: i was gonna say that too i did like the banter it kind of made made up not totally obviously but it it helped with there being no crowd noise you know the constant banter the screaming honestly i was watching with my mom i was watching with ross too but they sounded like there was people in the audience you're so loud uh, Pretty much what you said, Raz. Like it was a good opener. It was not too long. It wasn't too short. It was just enough to be kind of like to ease into Mania to get you amped up for the whole show. The last this this night got me really amped up for the next night, especially after the Bone Yard match. I couldn't wait.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, I agree. Were you surprised? That cross help Sauce won the titles, or would you have agreed with that decision going in? Like, did you have any thoughts on that match going in?
1: Well, I don't, I mean, with everything going on, I don't think I really gave it a thought of who was going to win. Um, I just wanted, obviously, I just wanted to get my mind off of what was going on. But, I, I, I don't and, think I'm necessarily surprised. Um, Just because I don't, I don't, but it's also mania. So I kind of figured like they would change some titles would change hands. I don't know. Maybe if I necessarily thought this one, but I could see definitely. Yes. um, That what not, not 100%, but yeah, I could see that it definitely would change hands, you know, because it's WrestleMania and it was their time and, uh, Title hands change big time at WrestleMania. So I think it wasn't obvious in that aspect. If we were going to, ha- maybe if we were on a normal pay per view or a normal time, maybe not. But I don't, I don't mind. Honestly, I don't mind either group winning. Wouldn't have mind if they kept it. Wouldn't have mind if they lost it. You know, uh, didn't they have it for a decent amount of time? So either way, I would be happy with either either group. Or tag group winning.
0: I I concur with that. Alright. This is probably my least favorite match of night one. No surprise. And I know you're gonna tease me so all that you start with this one. Elias versus King Corbin.
1: Oh, your best friend. Uh if anyone doesn't know, Baron Corbin is Rod's best friend. He loves him dearly.
0: <laughs> In other words, I cannot stand the man. And that just proves how effective a heel he is because I've never liked him. Never, not once in any incarnation he's ever had as a wrestler have I enjoyed him. That being said, I thought that him and I, um, sorry, I said Alexa because of the last match. I thought that him and Elias had really good chemistry here. I thought they put on a really decent match. And this is, I think, the longest I've ever seen Elias wrestle in any match at all. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if if you got that impression watching it or or if that was just me, but how did you feel about the match?
1: I miss Elias. Um so I'm glad we got to see more of him. And that uh, cuz he could he he could put on a pretty good match, you know, and I really like his gimmick as well. And then you have Baron Corbin who is an annoying heel. And, you know, um, Elias does his little stuff. He can be really funny. So the two combination, I thought, were pretty good. Um, No, it wasn't a bad match. I mean, it wasn't a a five-star match or anything. But it was decent. And I think, you know, sometimes you need, not, not that it was like a filler match, but sometimes you need that match to, like, you know, like, move on from some time. You know what I mean? To like have some of the time. Ta- I know it was only just at the beginning of the of the pay-per-view, but no, it wasn't bad.
0: No, it wasn't. And and I'm really glad that Elias won because yeah. he needed to win pretty much as much as anybody on this card. So I like I'm Eli- really glad that he won the match. Yeah, I like Elias. I like yeah. all right. So oh boy, was I not prepared for this match to be so soon on the card. Jamie can tell you that when this match was the third match on the card, my face was literally like, what now? What? I'm not ready for
1: this. Yeah, I, thought, I, but... I thought that it would be much later. Not much later because it's only three hours. But if this was during a normal circumstance, normal WrestleMania, I thought we were going to see it much later in the night since it was split up. I thought, okay, well, it's probably going to be towards the end of the night, you know, towards 10 o'clock. Maybe it's going to be at 9 o'clock. I don't know. I didn't think it was going to be right at, in like, what, the the 7 o'clock mark? Like, I definitely wasn't thinking that. But go ahead. You go first, because she's your girl. Yeah,
0: yeah. Becky Lynch is still, the man is still the goat, and she's still now, officially, Becky 365, as she remains Raw Women's Champion, you know what? This was good. That, you know My fandom for Becky aside, I thought she made Shayna look really well. I thought they had great chemistry together. I thought, you know, you saw so much frustration on Shayna's part because Shayna was so determined that she was going to win. And I think she was just in utter shock as I was. I'm, I mean, I'm the biggest Becky Lynch fan in the world. I'm the biggest Deadly that there is. I mean, I have a fan page called Deadly Becky Lynch. is like, oh, but even I was prepared for her to lose this match because everything had been all about Shayna. Shayna took out the entire women's Raw roster going into this. So I was just all kinds of prepared, but Becky pulled it out, and I'm really glad she did because now she has that bragging right of being the longest reigning Women's Champion, and now when Shayna or Ronda coming back or whoever it is that takes the title off of her, they're really going to have a lot of shine and a lot of luster on them for taking the title away from Becky. So, yeah, I cannot be more thrilled with y'all coming this match. I wish it would have gone a little longer. But I think maybe it was just the case of this is such a stacked card, even with it being two nights that some of the matches can't go very long. Yes. And maybe we'll get more. And under the
1: circumstance, because there's no audience, it might have benefited more. If it was longer in front of a crowd, that would be different, you
0: know? Yes, yes. But what was your overall take on the match?
1: I liked it. I, I really, really love – you know, getting to see the women wrestle before we had what they were barely on a pay-per-view and now they're main, they've main evented. They're honestly the best part of a card. So I thought it was great. Um, I liked the both of them a lot. And honestly, I liked that Becky won because there was that unpredictability factor. Everyone thought that she was going to lose. I also think they wanted to do that year thing with her to have her for a year now, when she obviously, we all want our favorites to have the title forever, forever, eternity, till till even when they die, we want them to have their title. But now yeah, now
0: yeah, pretty much.
1: That he got her one year, you know, we get to celebrate. She's had over one year. Then her opponent now gets to have her moment as well, and it'll be even bigger for her because she'll beat someone who had the title for a year. So I, I think in that aspect, it won't be bad because I think both will benefit. And now you can continue the story. And obviously I think some things, not saying with this match has changed because of the circumstance. I think some matches and outcomes change because you can't continue the story because A, a wrestler's not there, and B, because, you know, how are you going to continue something that big when we don't have an audience right now? So some people probably stayed because of that situation, you know, why they're still champion or didn't change.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, and going off that, what you just said, I haven't to you about this because I wanted to wait till we got on the air. But I just read today that one of the reasons Becky may have retained the title is because of her promo skills. Like Shayna is just not there yet in terms of being a talker. So they wanted someone from the women's standpoint that could really cut better promos because you really have to have great mic skills when there's no crowd to bounce off of. So
1: And me, they don't really want a lot of contact right now with wrestling matches. So that's probably why they're having solely promo. Yes.
0: Yeah. So do you think that played a part in Becky retaining? I mean.
1: Oh yeah. I think it was a, I think, I think that if it would have been under normal circumstances um, that she might have lost. I think it was a combination of a lot of stuff. I think that they wanted to give her the one year. I think they wanted to continue. But I think a major factor probably was what's going on. Because it's not a normal time. You know, they might not have been able to continue if if Becky didn't. Well, I don't mean, like, dramatically. I mean, like, because there's only so much. Because you could, you really only can do promo stuff right now. And if you notice, they're not doing as much wrestling. Because they don't want all the contact and everything right now.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: I am happy for both of them Because she will Becky got her moment And now she'll get her moment down the road
0: Yeah, Shayna's not going anywhere I mean, I know there's there's Stupid stories about Oh, Vince doesn't like Shayna Blah, blah, blah If that was the case, Shayna wouldn't have dominated The entire Elimination Chamber She's the only person we've ever seen Men or women To eliminate everybody every single other competitor in elimination chamber match. I mean, she's not going anywhere in my opinion.
1: No. No. I think it's just it's probably just a combination of everything. I mean, may, maybe they had Becky lose, but they were like, you know, under these circumstances we're going to let her have her one year cuz uh, it happened with the New Day though. Not not because there was any pandemic, but they let them have their one year and then they lost. So it might have been like, it might have been like where they they just, um, where they're, the circumstance just made them move the decision faster, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just real quick before... We get off this match. I, I know the chances of her actually hearing this podcast are like a gajillion to one. But, Becky, if for some reason you are out there in your tag and you did see this, thank you very much for watching my Becky 365 video and saying thank you. It meant a lot to me. I'm still very much on cloud nine to have you actually have seen it and that it meant something to you. So thank you for that. And I know Jamie was very happy for me when that happened. She was she was just as excited as I was when yep. I showed her that that happened.
1: Yes, and we've been he's been waiting forever for that, and he was also there to cheer me when AJ Styles sang me Happy Birthday, and when Taker liked one of my com- my replies to a comment on Michelle's uh, Instagram post. So I've got kind of gotten noticed by Undertaker. And I really have gotten noticed by AJ Styles. So it is great that all of our faves are noticing us. And also, side note, all of our favorites are always together.
0: They are. (laughs) You know, it's... It's,
1: it's,
0: Yeah, wasn't it the Raw before... I I think it was the Raw before Mania, where we talked about watch them book Becky versus Shayna segment and taker versus AJ segment back to back and that's exactly what they did.
1: Yeah it was on the same night. Um yeah. yeah uh our favorites are always together like Jericho and Undertaker were talking on Twitter the other day to each other.
0: They Let were yeah
1: always always together oh yeah. aj and taker oh, not AJ and taker well yes they were they were wrestling but oh aj and taker were always talking wonderfully about each other uh taker yesterday was talking wonderfully about aj and then the other way around happened on aj's stream also there's always pictures with becky and aj together so like our favorites are somehow always together which becky, i'm not That's yeah great.
0: becky and aj have the best friendship and they they're since humor plays off each other so well we've said if wb wants to do like a comedy show with those two, we'd watch the heck out of that.
1: Imagine like a female tag, like female and male like tag team. I know they couldn't actually do that but I would root for Becky and um, I almost said Undertaker Becky and AJ just to work together in a match that would be so fun.
0: It would it would be amazing and I hope it happens somehow someday. I mean she worked with John Cena, The Rock and Stone Cold so I'm sure they could figure out some kind of reason. Yeah. Like We definitely need to encourage that to happen. But anyway.
1: Imagine Becky and Undertaker. Oh, my gosh.
0: I I don't know what the reasoning behind it would be, but talk about goats if that happened. Man.
1: I wonder what she would be feeling,
0: you know? Yeah. I You know, she, she admitted that she fangirled over The Rock and Stone Cold, so I'm sure she would be absolutely fangirling over Undertaker without
1: a doubt. That would be fangirling as well.
0: Because oh, how can you can,
1: not? Can I say on on um the stream that Taker was on last night, um they found out that he was a big spender of their companies and they were like, "Okay, you have to call him to one of their like customer representative or whatever." And she was like, "I'm not calling him. Are you serious? I'm going to free- I'm freaking out. I'm going to freak out." And I was and then Taker laughed and I'm just like, "Oh, sorry. Taker Just laughed and I'm like, I'm like, I would be freaking out too, dude. I wouldn't be calling Undertaker. I'd be freaking out. Just like her. I was just saying that's how big these wrestlers are and how much of a reaction people have over them. So I would not be able to handle a call. if, You know, he picked out and was like, hello, Mark or whatever. I'd be like, what? (laughs) You know? Yeah, what is that? Are you talking about like Mark Calloway? No, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want. But to yeah, honest. it was it was
0: it was great because the way he put it, it's like, "Are you the Undertaker?" And he said, "Well, I'm what's left of him." Like, I just thought that was, that was really funny. funny.
1: I have a <laughs> fan page of AJ Styles and Taker, and I put some of those clips on a phenomenal phenom. If yeah,
0: I, I unfortunately shameless wasn't plug. able. To, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, sorry. The, no, uh,
1: I was just like shameless plug.
0: No I, no, no, it, no, I was done, go ahead No, it's perfectly fine, I just, the, uh, the stream here was I thought you were done and you weren't But I was just gonna, going off what you said I didn't get a chance to record Becky Slay's Live In time to put it up on Deadly Becky is The Goat But I'm glad you did for Phenomenal Phenom Because that was a great interview So, yeah. next match was WWE Intercontinental Championship Sami Zayn retaining over Daniel Bryan I'll let you go first on this one. What were your takeaways from this match?
1: For what? Sorry, I was... Sammy versus
0: Daniel Bryan for the IC title.
1: I can I just say that their characters are so brilliant, and I love Sammy. I think he's hilarious, and of course, you know, we know, you know, Raz. I love Daniel Bryan. The, oh, these yeah. are these are wrestlers. Yeah. I feel, I feel like their wrestling abilities. they're if they were to I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Like, their two wrestling bil- abilities together could just put on such a good match. And I, I did enjoy what I was watching. I, re- I really like them. I really, really like the two of them. And I want to see more of them. Yeah, and I, yeah. I know I know you can't right now because of what has been going on. But I just, they're so great and they're so funny to me.
0: They, they, they were. They were hilarious. They were. They had great chemistry with. We, you know, we, we've said it about pretty much this whole card, up and down. You know, Becky versus Shayna, Taker versus AJ, Fiend versus Cena This was another dream match. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan was a match that everyone wanted to see. So I was really, really happy how this went down and I'm glad Sammy retained because yeah. he had just won the title.
1: Maybe and and Not I think he doesn't, but Sammy yeah. The title.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I hope that this feud continues, you know, when the pandemic is over, because my goodness, it needs to. So, so
1: can I say that um, it was just a good old wrestling match, just them
0: wrestling each other. It was. It was was just back and forth, tactician wrestling. And then the humor was there when it needed to be there, like Sammy begging off, like, it doesn't have to be this way. Just join us. You know, it it was great. It was really, really good. Um, Yeah, SmackDown Tag Team Championship triple threat ladder match. And this was a triple threat singles match because Miz got sick before the tapings so he had to get pulled from the show. They wanted to
1: so limit very- the amount of people uh, wrestling in a match.
0: Yes, yes, that as well. So it was a very unique match for the Tag Team Titles because it's a singles match for the Tag Team Titles. but nonetheless, John Morrison retained for his team over Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso. I mean, what can you say about Jimmy Uso, Kofi Kingston, and John freaking Morrison in a ladder match? I mean, what what can you even say about that other than just perfection?
1: I mean, you know, you know, they all do all crazy high flyer stuff, and then you put that together, and it's just everywhere. It was very entertaining. I mean, and this also would have been a match that obviously needs a crowd, but under the circumstances and with how talented all three of them are, it was great. Um, you you know, they're such high flyers. They're they're so athletic and talented. So like that, that's what really helped the match as well. Also, it was something different, you know. Normally, you always have tag teams together, but none of them had their, like, other people there. So, it was interesting to have just, you know, just, you know, uh, a person from each tag ma- a tag team wrestle each other. So, that's how looked oh, yeah. at it as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, and under the circumstances, I think it was the right call to have Miz Morrison retain because – They literally haven't even been champions for that long. And Kofi got his moment last year. And if the Usos win here, do they really gain anything from it? Because there's no crowd. So I think they made the right call.
1: Yeah, I think if they're going to change title hands, they want to do it more in front of an audience. And, like, uh, you know, the New Day has already had stuff. But the Usos, I think they need their moment eventually. But for them to retain, it was still great. But but I think uh, needing, a, if a new champion were to change hands, it would be, for something like that, it needs to be in front of a crowd. But it Absolutely. was cool with the ladders, because I know you need an audience for that, but because of what's going on, like, it made it more entertaining, because you focused more on the ladders than, than there not being someone else there. No, nobody there, you know, you focused more on just the ladder part.
0: Yes, and my goodness, I mean, we've talked about this before, like, off air, but I don't know if we mentioned it on this show or not, because we've already been going almost an hour, but you know what? It's fine, because we haven't done a show in forever. But everything is so freaking loud with the ladders, because what would normally offset those moments of, ooh, ah, what? You know, we didn't didn't get any crowd reaction. So every action that was on the ladder would just... So freaking loud. And that that was such a I don't even know how to explain that. But I mean, what was your takeaway from that when you saw it?
1: You could hear every every noise that the ladder ladders made. And obviously on certain spots you wanted to hear them going through it. Uh that's why at pay with crowds, the spots and going through the tables and stuff is what ladders is what you would hear out of anything. Um it was just very loud. Very very loud. At least it, at least it took away from the silence. You know, um, it was just loud, which yeah. isn't made up for that there is uh, no audience there. But what are you going to do? There's that's what you have to do in a situation like that. And right. they zoomed in normally in a ladder match. They pan to where the you can see the audience as well as the um, as the ladders. But they zoomed in on the ladders where you could still see everything, but not the not the that there wasn't an audience back there. So I kinda like that as well.
0: I, I agree. I agree. I thought it was great. So what ended up being a no disqualification match didn't start out that way, but ended that way between KO Kevin Owens and the Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins. This was Oh, my God, this was so good. But it's your turn to take the lead. So you you go uh, ahead and talk about this match first.
1: Crazy spots. This was such a good, I thought this was a really good match. You know, KO, my gosh. Can we just say how brilliant he is? Funny as a heel, funny as a face. He could do great promo skills. He's just hysterical. And for, I don't want to call him overwrite anything, because that's really mean. You know i don't want to call on someone's eight but for someone who who doesn't who is not like your normal build of a wrestler you know what i mean he he's so athletic he's so freaking athletic he's jumping from signs jumping doing flips i can't do that and i weigh a lot less than he does and
0: right right yeah i mean that
1: and then you the- have seth and his character oh that was just great and this is the type of match where it was okay that it wasn't in front of an audience because you were so focused on their characters and you were so focused on uh, what they were what they were doing with each other and jumping off of the, oh my gosh, that was the best spot, uh, jumping off the WrestleMania sign.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is literally the only year that you could ever get away with that. You could ever get away with someone being able to be on top of the giant WrestleMania sign and doing a spot off of it. Because if you did that in a, an arena, someone would literally die.
1: Well, the WrestleMania sign is like up on the ceiling, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, the type of match where it was fine that it didn't have a crowd in front of. I mean, obviously, obviously nobody wants to be anything to be in front of nobody. It was really great because you were just so focused on, like, what they were doing. This match, the match that we were talking about before, and the bone matches, I'm pretty sure I was really loud during a lot of them. During during all three of those matches, I think I was the most loudest for all of them.
0: Yeah, you were. We were both very, very loud and into this match. And that just proves how brilliant it was. I love how Seth took the easy way out. And gave KO a quote unquote victory by DQ. And then they swerved us. And they, because because we said, oh my God, no. It can't end like this. And then they swerved us. Because K- KO got on the mic and said, Seth, quit being a coward. Come back and let's have an DQ match. And it just kept going. I, I thought it was great.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. the way they
0: pulled that off.
1: Yeah, you're right. Because I thought they're going to end it like that. I was like, there's no way. And then they continued through that. So I liked the unpredictability factor. Also, I just want to point out that, um, like, all these matches, I said it before, made me so amped up for night two. Oh, I want to ask you, what night did you think was better, night one or night two? I think night one, which all of it, all of it, I would say, under the circumstances, was fine. And it gave us something to look forward to and to take our minds off of everything. So go ahead.
0: I think, I mean, I was going to save that for the end, but that's okay because you asked now. I think in, in terms of like a very overall card and, and the matches on the card per night, I think night one was better. But night two had two matches in particular in Rhea versus Charlotte and also the uh, the Firefly Funhouse match, which was very, very memorable as well. And then, of course, Drew got his moments. So I think that was the difference. I think night two was more about moments and less about matches, where night one was about the entire card pretty much from top to bottom was extremely memorable.
1: Yeah, That's, I was going to say that. It's more of like features yeah. and, uh yeah, memories versus night one was like more wrestling. They were both great. So to have that on two separate things, you had like, almost like a movie movie night two and wrestling night one and then there's some movies on night one but I mean overall it was fine. I just thought night one was a bit better. There's still a whole heck of a lot to look forward on night two because night one was so good. I was so amped up for night two.
0: Oh absolutely yeah so we don't have to spend much time on this one because it was impromptu and it was just there for comedy. But 24-7 championship, R-Truth versus Mojo Raleigh. Mojo took the title from R-Truth here. Yeah, R-Truth is just always so freaking funny, you know. 24-7, 7 57 champion, European champion. Like, I I love his sense of humor. Any, anything else you want to add to that other than R-Truth is just brilliant?
1: He's so funny. You all have to, uh, you all. I'm plugging stuff, but you all have to follow him on Twitter. He's so funny, and I think he does a lot of TikToks and stuff. So if, I might actually have to make myself a TikTok. I'm not posting anything. I'm just gonna have to go look at their TikToks because, oh my gosh, is Archer hilarious? You have to follow him on all this stuff. He's just, he's just great. He is great.
0: Yeah he's, yeah, he's he's great. Twenty four
1: seven title was just a more of a comedic relief in such a horrible time right now. It was nice to just have a little bit of silliness, you know. Obviously, the twenty four seven title is not meant to be taken seriously.
0: No, it's it's not. And given what happened, like I'll just this is a night two thing, but just just for symmetry purposes, it ended up that once Mojo won the title, then the Gronk. Rob Gronkowski, who hosted Mania, ended up taking the title away from Mojo. And I wonder if that means that they're just going to set the title on the shelf for a while. Because I don't think, unless I'm wrong, I don't think that Mojo Raleigh, whatever, or sorry, Rob Gronkowski, whatever he agreed to with WWE, I don't think it was to be a wrestler. So I just wonder what they're going to do. With the twenty four seven championship sure, going if forward,
1: he is, Or if he he... is, oh sorry, or if he is, it's just not going to be right now because of all the chaos, chaos that is going on. He probably he probably doesn't have a a full time wrestler schedule, but he might do something where what Brock does and does, you know, has you know uh, spots here and there. They're probably just gonna maybe they might put it here and there but they probably maybe just take a break because with that 24 seven title is like everywhere. So they might not want to do all that right now during the chaos. Yeah. Just do that. They probably just going to take a break. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So WWE universal championship, Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. This obviously was a replacement because Roman had to be, or pulled himself. I said, had to be pulled. He pulled himself which kudos to him for health reasons. So this was a match that wasn't supposed to happen. And that's why it was such a surprise that Braun won at the time, but some stuff came out that makes it make more sense. But before I get into that, just based on this match alone, what did you think of it? Like, how did, what was your takeaways from it?
1: It was okay. I mean, it's, it's hard to get into something where you don't really like either of the wrestlers. I mean, it's not that I hate Goldberg. I just didn't... When he was wrestling, I was either too young, like I was a baby, or he never grew up in, Not grew up, but he was never in... Really in WWE. And by the time I started watching wrestling, WCW was long gone. Where, I mean, like I was... Like what, it died in like the 2000 or whatever, 1990. I was, I was four, three, four years old then. I was not watching... WCW. I've definitely watched WWE as a child, so I never got into Goldberg simply because I just didn't ever see him. I, I can't. I can't be into WCW or Goldberg when I was didn't exist yet, or I was a baby. So, and then Braun. I liked him at the beginning, with all that going on with um, Roman at the time, but then I slowly lost a lot of interest in him. It's not his fault. But um, So it's kind of hard to, like, watch it when you're not into anybody. Um, and I think we all probably saw it coming once that Braun was going to eventually win. I mean, I think it was two years too late. He should have won when he was hot against Roman. But, I mean, I guess now he he has to have his time. At least it's not Goldberg, I guess.
0: you know? Yeah. Well, the reason that I asked you that – I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought you were finished.
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm not really, I'm just not a fan of either of them. And I think you were going to touch on, like, supposedly uh, he makes a lot of money. And he's also the wrestler that doesn't do stuff long term. He only makes appearances. So there would really be no point in him winning after this because he's not going to come back probably during this pandemic. And um, it was a one, it was kind of like a one-time special thing for him to win. Um, and then obviously Braun's time had to come. It, it was all right. It was all right. I don't really care for either of them right now, but you know, better than Goldberg, I guess. But then there's drama surrounding Braun Strowman right now. So, but hopefully now with, with Raw that just happened, uh, Ray will get it back. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well. And that's what I was going to talk to you about because apparently the reason that this whole seesaw with the exception of Roman being pulled because of health concerns. The reason that this whole seesaw thing for the universal championship happened, at least according to reports, is because when Goldberg popped that rating on SmackDown a few weeks ago and then had the Saudi Arabia match, Goldberg didn't want to lose because he saw himself as a role model to kids and like a superhero type character to kids. So he didn't think it made sense for him to lose the title, and that's the only reason he won, and his dates were completely done with WWE by the time WrestleMania came around, so it was just a bad situation that WWE was in. They were kind of, if that's true, they were kind of forced to put the title on Goldberg, so I think Bray wins it back because what we saw on SmackDown, and I think the history between Bray and Braun that could actually make for a really entertaining match. So, so given the situation that we're in, I think that, you know, we have the best circumstances we can have.
1: It had to happen because of Corona. So if you're angry, blame Corona. Yeah. Um, well, also, you know something it could, it could, uh we haven't seen them together in a long time. So I almost forgot about that stuff with them. So that's cool to, to go over and see. Um, you know their past and everything with each other. okay fought Brawn. Um, so imagine after like the the Fiend and Braun feud, can you imagine if Shinsuke versus the Fiend?
0: Yes. Fiend oh, Shinsuke versus Shinsuke versus the Fiend would be amazing. Right. I would love to see that.
1: So that's I what would I'm hoping. That. That's what it leads to, and then that way we can both get their time, Bray. Right? Gets the title back, he gets his moment, and then Shinsuke gets it. And he's in actual, real, legitimate feuds. Yes, so he deserves it. Bray deserves it. So,
0: yes, I, I agree with everything you were saying there. So, it's your turn to take the lead because we all know what ended night one. So, have at it, girl.
1: Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Really, I was very, 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 very excited for this match, especially because they're my two favorite wrestlers of all time. Raz will tell you, we've been talking about everybody, everybody, especially me, have been talking about this forever for them facing. We were like, oh, I don't know. We're like, AJ's not even in WWE yet. And then he gets to WWE and we're like, oh my gosh, I hope they face We didn't ever think it was going to face. And then their first, they're having an interaction with each other was brilliant. The back and forth, the romos promos between the two. So I was so amped up and excited for this match. And then, you know, we got word that there was gonna be in front of no crowd. So it's like, how are we gonna figure out there's no, with this match? I really like that they made it cinematic and, um, you know, more of like a movie. It was brilliant. I felt like I was in the movie theater watching a horror action movie, dish it out for 15 to 20 minutes. AJ so brilliant in his heel character. And some banter between each other, you know. AJ's so full of himself at the beginning. Taker with the whole holy trinity, which he officially confirmed, which Raz and I were right and we're talking about, that he was all his characters in one, which is brilliant. Brilliant if he is leaving, brilliant way to leave, you know, a win against AJ. Your last match against freaking AJ's styles. Um, and I love by the way, hearing them talk so highly of each other. Um, it was just brilliant, you know? And obviously, this type of match, like Taker said, you can't have it in front of, at the performance center. To, so to have it at another location was perfect. Yeah, no, AJ. Normal, that type of match, anyway, if you were to have it out of location, you're not going to have a crowd there. So it was perfect. Perfect. It was all so good. I've never screamed so much watching a match. Um, so I screamed the whole time. It was just... Which, I really, really love the spots and everything. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, AJ coming out of the coffin their entrances was great. I was worried, how is everybody gonna have a cool entrance? Well, they they did it.
0: Um oh my gosh, also did, oh my gosh, did they ever, you know, AJ started start out by psyching yeah, us all yeah. out by coming out of the coffin and then
1: like oh my gosh, yeah. really? Also I wanted to add. That taker really uh, got stitches. AJ confirmed it. He really did bust his arm through the, uh, what was it? The, what would you call that? The thing you put bodies in?
0: The hearse.
1: Yeah. Um, he really did cut his arm. Like he, he and he needed stitches. And just um, mm. Chris, who's AJ's friend on, the, on their live stream, pointed out he's like, I love Undertaker's face. He just put his arm through it and looked at it like, and then started attacking. They started attacking each other. They both really were bleeding. And Undertaker has such a high pain tolerance. He literally put his arm through glass and didn't even flim.
0: You know what was funny is because of the cinematic nature of the match, we said the first time we watched it that we thought that was a blood capsule. We're like, oh, that's not real blood.
1: Nope, oh, it was. But All of it was them doing the stunts. Yeah. It wasn't like a take. It wasn't like take one. All right, stunt double guy, go in. Like obviously there was editing, but they really, really were doing all of that. It, they were.
0: And there was no takes either. No. no take. Well, yeah, that's that again. That is my biggest takeaway from this entire match. One take. How do you do all those spots in one take?
1: Nobody messed up anything. It's because of how (laughs) brilliant they are. That's why they're my two favorite wrestlers of all time. Because it's Taker and freaking AJ Styles. That's why. Like, AJ was like, man, you're facing the GOAT, the legend. And then Taker said AJ could wrestle a broom handle and give a four-star match. And when you combine the two in a match, in a boneyard match, with, like, movie style, oh, pure excellence, man. I'm so impressed. It was so good the overall character promos, the build, everything about it, the entrances, um, they, and, the, and the fact that for eight hours, the dedication. Uh, oh, my gosh, it, yeah, eight, eight hours
0: to from this match.
1: It, when I first watched it, we were like, oh, I wonder, Raz was saying it, too, oh, I wonder if he took that bump. I wonder if he, they all took the bump. That's why I say to people, wrestlers don't have a stunt double. They did all of that, and Tigger got stitches on his arm.
0: Well the, the yeah. one the one that really surprised me other than Taker getting stitches, because again we didn't think that was real blood was was the spot when AJ was pushed off the roof. I he
1: I think he really was pushed off the be,
0: roof. Because I thought for sure, it's like he's not gonna take that because yeah. there's there's no crowd there. You know, that's because that's not a small drop. That at least had to be a ten foot, fifteen foot drop that he took. So that, I was just so taken aback when he said no. I, I took that. So
1: I was taken aback by everything AJ said and Taker said. Um they literally did all of that. No takes, no, no take two. Uh they all took a bump on everything. Taker split his arm and had to get stitches. Like I was so blown away and stunned that they said all that. I didn't I thought some of it was blood capsules or you know, a little bit of editing so it looked like they fell. They are of each other, and the match, and just oh, brilliant, brilliant. I love it. Yeah, and I've watched it a times, and we're gonna watch it a million times. So
0: yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sit down and watch it when we're done with this recording session. Well, not right after we're done because I have to, you know, take care of the internet hiccups and put it up in the podcast version for people that like listening on Apple iTunes and whatever. But um, I d- I just want to add the only thing I can add that you didn't already say was just. They they delivered. I mean, for everybody that had, we had such a buildup in our heads of what Undertaker and AJ Styles was gonna be if it ever actually happened, and they they delivered in every every sense of the word. I mean, my goodness.
1: They people said, "Oh, you can't have the two matches; they're too old to face each other." They proved everybody wrong. Taker proved everyone wrong, like. They both still got it, man. They're so good. So, so good.
0: Could you see going forward, could you see Undertaker's career maybe be extending out a little bit by doing special attraction matches like this? Or do you think this is a one-time only thing? Or or what's your impression of that?
1: I think after it went so well that they're probably going to do it going forward. But only in special times and only if they need it in a clutch like like, uh, you know, during pandemics and stuff. So I think it was a matter of going in. They were like, it was only for this circumstances. But now that it was received so well, they're probably going to do it again. I would like it again. But like AJ said, only in special times and not very often. Uh, Granted, we don't know what's going to happen now moving forward. But I also would like to say that um, I hope now AJ and Taker get their match in front of a crowd. So maybe we'll get a big comeback at SummerSlam. And I wouldn't be sad if uh AJ were to win over Taker because Taker got his big one at Mania and then AJ would get his big win at SummerSlam. It would be in front of an audience, which would be great. But we don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, we, we don't know. I mean, there there's indications just like there is every year that Taker might be done. So and especially now with with the documentary coming out and the tagline of of what's in what's in the documentary. Like we, we literally just don't know. So we'll just all have to wait and see. Moving on tonight two, the opening match was for the NXT women's championship. It's Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Was kind of surprised that Charlotte won this match. Because I didn't really expect her to go to NXT, but man, did these two ladies have great chemistry together? And I'm really looking forward to what the future holds for a future match between them. And Charlotte going to NXT means that every match she's going to have from here on out for the next little while is completely fresh. What was your takeaways?
1: I mean, you pretty much said everything that I was thinking. Um, the match was great. I mean, it, it was something we didn't expect we all didn't expect charlotte to win and i know some people aren't happy but look at it this way she's going to nxt so like you said fresh feuds uh there's some wrestlers that she's probably never wrestled there before because there's a lot of ones that are new she can it can go into two different storylines and feuds and everything so i think it's great it's something it's something different um and instead of her, you know, being on the same show and and there, and there after a while, you're going to run out of people to feud with. So now that she can go back to NXT, um, she's going to be able, like you said, to do new feuds and things. So and and uh, Charlotte's not going to have the title for long, I'm sure, eventually. And when we get back to normalcy, you know, without all the chaos, I'm sure she will lose it and Rhea will be able to have her moment.
0: Yes, I I agree. I agree. And I've also heard, I think you touched on this off air, but I also heard that she might be on both Raw and NXT. Like, she might be doing both, which it only elevates the NXT Women's Championship, if that's the case.
1: You could do a bit of uh, both on both shows and something different in the meantime, as well as with no crowd, it'll give us, like you know, something different to look forward to on each shows, because right now you really got to think outside of the box, because a lot of the times, you know, you have the crowd, so you don't really have to worry about a lot of this that's going on right now. You know, you go, oh, we got the crowd. They can story tell if there's ever a bad storyline or an awkward pause. You have the audience there. But now with this, you can really kind of go outside the box. And, you know, that gives them more uh storylines and more things to be able to do in the meantime until we can get back to an audience
0: yeah exactly I, I 100% agree with you so moving on this I think we both agree when we talked off the air before we came into our stream recording that this was the most pointless match of all of Wrestlemania it was Alistair Black Versus Bobby Lashley. This is the definition of a throw together match. This was just here to give Alistair Black a WrestleMania moment, which is fine. But why? Why use Bobby Lashley? Why not use someone else? Because if you're gonna use Bobby Lashley, you should have had Rusev and Alistair Black spot. I mean, nothing about this makes any sense to me.
1: No, but I think it was just a way to have them both on the car, and the way to have Lana there and Bobby there, and it was. I'm. I mean, it stinks, but I'm really happy that Alistair won and that he was at a WrestleMania. A lot of the people there had their first WrestleManias. I know not ideal because it wasn't in front of uh you know eighty thousand screaming people, but at least they got their like you know they got their first WrestleManias and, and things. Uh, some of the people that were there i wish they could have brought someone from nxc because alistair is so talented no nothing against like bobby he's a great guy i met him he's so nice he's wonderful but i feel like alistair is so talented that he needs someone talented to wrestle him they could have bring someone from nxc aren't all of them from florida and they're filming in florida so that way you know everybody is pretty much amazing from NXT. And then there's also safety so someone's not coming in and out in and out of the state. They're already there. They're probably traveling by car, isolated in their own car. So I think they should have done something like that. But hey, you know, not complaining. Really they they uh did what they could. You know, maybe maybe those wrestlers were the only available for that type of match. I don't I have no idea. But uh I'm just grateful that there was something. But you're right though. It was kind of a pointless Pointless match But
0: what are you going to do, you know Yeah, what are you going to do And as you pointed out, at least Alistair got his moment at WrestleMania Which is cool So, moving on to Believe it or not, the longest Standing storyline on both Nights of this card, because this has Been going on since prior To Valentine's Day 2020 It's Otis versus Dolph Ziggler Otis picks up the win here Finally gets the girl Mandy Rose This was just a perfect feel good match. I love Otis. It
1: was a it was a cute storyline. I know on AJ's stream, I know I keep referencing that, or especially like I reference like what Taker said on a live Instagram. But AJ pretty much said my thoughts. Like it was a good it was a good storyline, a good nice heartfelt storyline. Like everything going on, I know I keep referencing that too. But everything going on right now. It was a fun little thing a fun little break which by the way for otis's size he's very athletic
0: oh he's extremely athletic
1: very absolutely i i would never i would never never comment on someone's weight no matter if they're underweight overweight whatever their weight is but i mean he's a big dude and he can do so much stuff like he's so athletic i am probably i'm not even like i'm probably the size of not even the size of his like hand he's so he's like a big dude you know i probably his leg probably weighs more than i do so and the fact that he can like jumps and and flips and like you know the worm thing that he does i can't do that and i'm probably triple smaller than him and you know um He's probably like triple my weight and everything. So I, good for Otis, and just everyone. And I really liked everyone that was involved. So
0: I, I did too. And I think this could actually lead to good things for Mandy as well, because I think she was wasted in attacking with with Sony because the women's tag team division is kind of in flux anyway. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of cute vignettes they have as a couple and things going forward. Should be fun to see. So, yeah, yeah, moving on, we had a match that everyone was looking forward to going in to Mania 36, but coming out of Mania, some people have had mixed opinions about how this match turned out. So I'm going to let you lead off with this one. It was Randy Orton versus Edge in a last man standing match.
1: You know, for the circumstances that they were under i think that they did good for what they had i mean this type of match obviously very much needed an audience but you already had stuff that was like movie movie related with like the Bunger match and firefly funhouse so i think that that would have burnt out some of the audience but at the same time they only had their performance center to work with. So it so what do you what do we really expect when this is all they have? They did very well with what they only had. You know, they only had whatever was in the performance center and it was actually pretty cool to get to see all of the performance center and, you know, it was great. So a lot of the spots and some of the spots in the rooms. And I know some people thought it was too long, which I could definitely understand. Some A long type of match needs a crowd, but I still watched the whole time. Like, yes, it was a bit long. Maybe, like, they could have shaved off maybe, like, 10, 10 minutes or so. But I watched the whole thing beginning to end. I didn't take my eyes off of it. But hey you know we all like what we like but i think to be overly dramatic about it and say things like you know who i'm referencing referencing oh yeah yeah we know we know (laughs) to be the most boring match of all time i think is overly dramatic if someone were to say you know what good storytelling very emotional good spots i agree and then a lot of people have said also i think they should have shaved off 10 to 15 minutes i think that is such a fair uh, opinion on it and fair Like being if we're going to criticize it A fair critique of it So that that I also agree with I, But I don't think it's fair to like Be unnecessarily dramatic About it
0: Yeah I mean so, the bottom Sorry go ahead I thought you were finished No
1: I was just saying it was, it was great emotionally Great spots but I do agree it could have been a bit Shorter Still great beginning to end though
0: Yes I mean You pretty much nailed Everything I would have said, and I think that even the shaving off 15, 20 minutes, as you said, when we're watching it live, we're very engrossed into the match and enjoyed it from beginning to end. So I think feeling it feeling long was more of a hindsight thing. It was more of a thing where after WrestleMania settles, you think, well, maybe that match was a bit long, but it doesn't necessarily take away from the match. In any way, I don't
1: think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, if we were sitting in, if we were sitting in front of eighty thousand people, you know, we were watching at home, and there's eighty thousand people, then it would have been fine having it that long. I don't think it necessarily took away from the match. I just think ten to fifteen minutes. But regardless, people still watch from beginning to end. So, and and anyway, I also think it was probably to cut. To add, to cut more time, you know what I mean? Because they only had so they almost only had so much content to fill. So having a long match took up some of that space. Not to say that they were just dead weight because they're Randy's great, Edge is great. He did amazing for his first time back. Yeah, you know, nine what nine years, nine years, nine years, never lost a step.
0: You yeah, never screen, never, lost, never lost a step. Yeah, no. So, so, sorry folks it's, it's a little difficult sometimes we, To hear When we're cutting each other off We'll get better at this we're, we're kind of relearning as we go But yeah just to reiterate What Jamie was saying Never lost a step I mean you count the Rumble Rumble As his first appearance But that's not really a match per se So this was the first match That Edge had And he looked like the Rated R Superstar Never, never lost to step in. Man, did these two tell a great emotional story. I mean, the build to this was so freaking personal. The, the banter back and forth was so freaking personal in the match. And the finish with Edge crying over the concerto. I mean, that made me choke up a little bit.
1: I know. Um, it, it, was, it was so great emotionally. And Edge is also in the best shape of his life. He's what? in his mid forties. Now you would never really know that he's in such great shape. Not that Randy Orton's not in great shape. He's always in good shape, but to come back from such a horrible injury, you know, and what made it so great emotionally is that when they did stuff with his neck, you felt so, so, so uncomfortable, which was the point, but that was the emotional aspect of it as well.
0: Yes. Yes, so overall, I think this was a very good match, and I don't really get the criticism from and I agree with all of your points, but I think, as you said, certain reporters out there are being entirely over dramatic. Anyways, moving on to what I think is just another case of, okay, we want to give a couple of wrestlers a showcase here because originally it was supposed to be a one-on-one match for the United States Championship between Andrade and Rey Mysterio. Then Rey Mysterio had to get pulled because of the virus, and then Andrade got hurt. So then they're like, okay, well, let's give a spot to the Street Profits. But what they realized is without Andrade in the match, they really didn't have a reason to have these two feeding with Selena Vega. So it's a very thrown-together Franken-team that they faced of Angel Garza and Austin Theory, But, I mean, for what it was, for just simply a showcase for the Street Profits, it wasn't long, and we got the nice surprise at the end of Bianca Belair coming to Raw, who's, of course, the real-life wife of Montez Ford. So I didn't really have any issues here.
1: No, I didn't either. It was fun seeing everybody, fun seeing the Street Profits. The Street Profits are funny, and they're and they're fun to see. So I think it was a more for just the Street Profits and to see um, Bianca Belair. So it was really cool to see her. I really like her a lot.
0: Yeah, she's great. The EST of WWE. So this this one was, I think for me, if you want to call it a surprise, In terms of, not that I'm saying these performers aren't great performers, but this was a really thrown-together match, and I thought these ladies just raised the bar up pretty freaking high. The Fatal Five-Way between Bailey, Sasha, Lacey, Tamina, and Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What would you feel about this match? For
1: something that was thrown together... They did all very well. And really like everything going on right now, everything changes very rapidly. So everyone did great go, like, going along with what they had. And, you know, um, it was just great though. Um, just something that was there the last minute and all the chaos going on, they were able to still go out there and put on a match. You know, I would imagine I'm not saying they the net yet five minutes before, where they're like, "Hey, you're all facing," but I imagine you know they were told because so much stuff changes so rapidly, and this person can't come, and you know it's on. They're on lockdown or, or whatever. So for them to put all this together and then deliver a match, I think is right. and good on them. You know, uh, being able to do something so fast, like you, they really, really tried despite. You know the craziness going on and that goes for everybody that's been wrestling you know having to go with all the decisions and everything you know one minute they could be wrestling on this day and the next minute they're not or next minute they're here or the storyline is this and that person is pulled so good on everybody who went out there and who's been going out there
0: oh absolutely and i'll tell you this we often joke because this happens a lot about talent who don't get used a lot. And Tamina is definitely in that category. So we tell a little teeny joke about is she's still working here in WWE, which I'm is glad kind of the moment. feeling that you. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was saying I'm glad that they're using her now, even if it's just during this whole pandemic. I'm glad that they're like you were probably about to say that they're using people that we don't normally see. And a lot of these people are newer talents or talents that need to be pushed and things. So at least one positive thing that came out of this pandemic is that, uh, that people, that they are trying to use other people. I mean, also, I know WWE doesn't always use people and some of their most brilliant stars end up going to other companies. And, you know, obviously right now in the pandemic, not everything is perfect or ideal, but at least... At least they're trying and using some people. You know, I know some people are still being released. But, I mean, to use people, you know, who haven't been used amongst the chaos, I'm glad. So, I hope they can continue to do that after all the chaos. So, that, that is my, my take on that.
0: Yeah. And what I was just, that is what I was going to say. And what I will add to that is going off what happened on SmackDown the following Friday, after Mania, to me, they cut the best promo I've ever heard her cut in her entire career. So, I mean, she's really taking advantage of this opportunity, and good for her, man. Good for her.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. WWE is not perfect. I know there are, you know, the current product may not be amazing. And I know we we all say things. We all complain. But... I really like that they are using certain talents. And even if it's just, they've, there's other talents from NXT that I haven't seen, I'm like, oh, cool, I really like this person or getting me really interested to see who they are. And, you know, there's nothing else to really watch. So being able to see new talents and stuff, and, and don't get me wrong, like a lot of stuff what's happened is not ideal. And, uh, you know, sometimes stuff is slow. But that's the way it has to be until we can go back to an audience.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, now, I was trying to figure out how to put what we're about to talk about. Because this was labeled a Firefly Funhouse match between the Fiend Bay Riot and John Cena. But this was not a match. And it wasn't a promo. This was, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, this was a psychological study of two men's careers in John Cena and Bray Wyatt. And I'm telling you what, the creativity between these two to come up with the story of this segment was just brilliant. I mean, there there's so many layers to cover here from John Cena being compared to Hulk Hogan, every aspect of John Cena's career being shown, Bray Wyatt playing both references to Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff. I mean, and in the end, John Cena pretty much vanishes from WB, and we were speculating off the air. Does that mean he's done? I mean, there's so much to pick apart here. So what did you feel about this part of Mania?
1: When I first watched, and I was watching with my mom, I had no idea what i was watching like it was very interesting and wild but my mom and i were sitting there going what are we even watching not in a bad way but because it's really something none of us have ever seen before that's what made it i think very likable the fact that you didn't know what you were watching and the fact that you never have seen something like that before and it was great because it was like you were you were watching a movie but you didn't know what you were watching. If that if that makes any sense. Yes.
0: Makes perfect sense. It yeah. And I think that it really just again to think about the amount of work that Cena and Bray had to do creatively to come up with something like this. is just And the insane. editing
1: that went into all that?
0: Yeah. Just absolutely insane.
1: Even I've, if even if you thought it was like corny or weird. I mean that's also the point like it wasn't some of it was a little bit corny, and weird but it was also really just it was still really cool though um it was it i don't really even know what to say because i don't want to just straight up like just praise every single match or come across as a sheep but like i honestly i don't really know what to say because it was just so different in a good way though like it was different
0: yeah Yeah, I I concur, and we said it earlier, of course, about the boneyard match between Taker and AJ, but the innovation for these circumstances this year was just phenomenal, no pun intended. No
1: pun intended, Taker versus AJ, brilliant perfection, I can go on for hours, Roz and I are going to watch it after this, and already have a million times, I know I've watched it a million times already, but... The movie style type of match- matches are really fun to watch. So,
0: they, they are. And I, I oh,
1: I want to say the I said it before, um, but these matches you couldn't have at the performance center. AJ said it, Taker said it, and for like John Cena and The Fiend, you can't have that type of match at the performance center. You can do that in front of 80,000 screaming fans at WrestleMania, but unfortunately, you can't have crowds right now,
0: exactly. So I hope that there are doors open. We, we don't want to touch too much on it because we already did when we talked about the Boneyard match. But I do hope, again, that there are doors open up that would make sense for this kind of match in the future because I think it would be a lot of fun.
1: Or or uh, we, we touched on it before uh, when we were talking about WrestleMania. But, um, I mean, this whole thing we're talking about is WrestleMania, obviously. But you know what I mean? We were talking about it before. Uh, I was saying, like, I hope, hope that some of these matches can get a crowd before, you know, the feud ends forever. If if they're no, not not going to continue after this, I hope matches like Taker versus AJ or, like, maybe John Cena get a crowd, get a match in front of an audience.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100% agree. So, maybe at SummerSlam. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Please let the world be back to normal by summertime. That would be maybe that's on. the
1: comeback episode.
0: Yeah, that episode, would, but. I, Yeah, I would love it. Would love it. So, I wish that there was more to say about this last match, but unfortunately, it was pretty much everything everybody expected. It was wonderful for Drew to be the new WWE champion, but this is what happens in every Brock Lesnar match. I mean, it's just. Finisher, 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 get up, get up, get up. The other guy hits finisher, 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 and he wins. That's all this match was. And it's really unfortunate because Drew McIntyre has been through so much, went away, came back stronger, has been through the ringer more than just about anybody in the business. He deserved such a moment becoming WWE Champion and I just feel bad that this is kind of the way it turned out for him
1: yeah it sucks but thank goodness that he's a champion he very very much deserves it uh when he came back to WWE I was there so that yeah, was you w- really cool yeah you were there you been.
0: for the I was gonna say you were there for the the main roster move when he came up from NXT you were there that night on raw during Superstar Shakeup.
1: Yeah, it was really, really awesome to see him come back up or come back, I mean, and it it this really was to get Drew to win. I mean, I think if they were in front of an audience it would have been longer and it would have been a little bit it would have been different, but obviously um they did it to just for Drew in or in order for Drew to win. No, I just I don't I don't like Brock. I don't like Brock. So if anyone, I don't like Brock either. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone wins against Brock, I'm like fine with me. <laughs> but no, he yeah. was very talented. So happy for him for his moment.
0: Yeah, and the first ever UK-born WWE champion. So that's well, no, is that that's shameless because. Well, I don't know. Is Scotland part of the UK? I don't know. I don't know geography, but still a very rare thing for where Drew McIntyre is from for him to be WWE champion. So it's a win-win here. But let me ask you this real quick, just to close out on. Do you think it's kind of a shame that it puts even more of a negative light on Brock Lesnar as a performer that Drew McIntyre was able to get more out of the big show? On Raw than he was out of Brock Lesnar at Mania?
1: Do I think it's sad?
0: Yeah. I, I, I think it's sad that Big Show was able to give Drew a better match than Brock Lesnar.
1: Yeah, I do too. And I don't like the both of them either. I guess I, that's really hard because I don't like Big Show and I also don't like Brock Lesnar. So to have to sit through seeing him, both of them but um Drew won both so oh also I think a more positive note which yes that's sad about Brock but I don't think I don't think Brock really cares he just comes back sometimes and he's kind of like a rating grabber sometimes that's that's true. true and this really was to put Drew over so he could win but technically if we're going just by like it being two separate matches he main evented that right that wrestlemania then
0: he did he main evented i think
1: that very much is very he's very deserving to win to be able to win the title and main event wrestlemania day two and aj uh main evented if we're counting that um a main event day one so i think that's very deserving of both people not that it's deserving for brock to be a main event but for aj taker and drew to be especially it being their first time
0: oh absolutely absolutely well i was just gonna wrap up so jamie thank you for being here can't wait till next week when we're back at it tell all the fine folks where to find you online
1: Okay, so I have a fan page for AJ and Taker. It's called Phenomenal Phenom. My main Instagram is Jamie Loves Undertaker, and everywhere else is Jamie Loves Taker. So Twitter and Snap are Jamie Loves Taker. Those are the uh, Instagram. I uh, would say Snapchat, Twitter are are the main ones that I use. So.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. And you guys know the drill for me, Deadly Becky Lynch is the GOAT for the Becky Lynch fan page. Josh Joshua everywhere else, all the links to all of our online presence is going to be down below in each of the descriptions. So again, Jamie can't wait for next week. Thank you for being here. So as I always say, life is only as good as what you decide to make it to be. So make the right choice and go out and do something great today.